and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Final half hour of the show. Ian Furness will be in the door here momentarily to let us know what's going on on his show today. Uh, our next guest, one of my absolute all-time favorite Seattle athletes, and I was very excited when, when it came time for me to come back to KJR for a few months. I'm like, you know, I hope I can work my way, weasel my way into an interview with Brad Evans because I never got to talk to him before he left Seattle to head out to Kansas City where he'll continue his MLS career with Sporting KC. Brad, welcome back to Seattle. How are you, sir? Oh, man. You know, actually, uh, we have a tornado warning, so getting used to life in the Midwest. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a, a, a the tornado watches are almost a daily thing, and the the warnings. Yeah. I mean, now, warnings are bad news. Is there something bearing down on you right now? Do you think? No, nothing. Good. I don't think so. All Good. I, all I fifty mile an hour winds. That's about it. So all right. Well, let let, it, let us know if you got to run down to the root cellar to get away from <laughs> from now. You're in Kansas. God knows right. where you'll wake up when everything comes together. <laughs> Hey, how uh, it's right. it, it's great to talk to you. I'm 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 sorry that uh, that your Seattle time came to an end. That happens in sports sometimes. What's your What's your health like? I know you're you're working to get over a back injury thing, and that when that happens, there may be some time for you. But for now, it's 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 more rehab. How are you How are you doing that way? Yeah, adjusting well. Um, you know, they have a phenomenal facility here. If if you get a chance, make sure you check it out online. It's just unbelievable facility. The training staff has been great. Um, I've been training full the past three or four weeks, so that's been a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, knock on wood for me. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully in the next two weeks, I should uh, start getting some minutes with the uh, with the reserve team here, you know, the equivalent to the S2 in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called the Swole Park Rangers. So start to get my feet wet on the field. And if all things go well, you know, by the time Open Cup kind of starts, then, uh, you know, hopefully get some minutes here and there. How much of a, of a debate within your own mind and discussion with your family and, and those about how, how much you, you clearly want to keep continuing and you can clearly have some gas left in the tank, but it's hard when you get to a certain point to accept certain things. How, how mentally challenging has it been for you to accept where you're at and to realize, hey, the road back is going to take a little bit of work? Yeah, that's definitely been the hardest part is, is the mental grind of, of the situation. I didn't really understand or grasp the gravity of a, of a herniated disc and its effect that it can have, you know, on your nerves. And, you know, that lingers for a really long time. Um, and, you know, I've had muscle injuries. I've had surgeries on my knee uh, and that kind of stuff. There's always a set timetable with those things. And when it comes to a back and, and nerve issue, there really is no timetable. That's been the toughest thing is, is, you know, trying to set certain, you know, benchmarks that I can hit. Um, and so far I've done that, and I was very lucky that Kansas City offered me uh, the time and the patience for me to get where I want to be. That was something that Seattle wasn't wasn't willing to do. So um, it was an obvious choice for, for Becky and I to, you know, pack up the bags and, and continue this thing. Um, you know, I always said that, you know, I'm going to play until the wheels fall off. Obviously, I thought that I would finish out in Seattle, but um, that just wasn't the case. And like you said before, these, these things happen in sports, and, and um you know, there might be a place for me there in the future, but for right now, my focus is uh, here and with this team. Did did it anger you at all that Seattle didn't want to have the patience? Did you did you understand their point of view? What work work your way through that for me? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my initial conversations with Adrian were that uh, around MLS Cup times that I wanted to give this a try. I wanted to um, at least exhaust all my opportunities that I knew I was a free agent. Um, and that I was going to explore all my options. Um, 
and that was kind of what was left is, you know, that I needed to go through a preseason fully healthy. Um, and I knew that that wasn't going to happen. So Kansas City, you know, said, we're, we're going to give you extra time and uh, let you get to a place where, you know, hopefully you're playing and, and contributing. Um, was I angry? Yeah, of course. Um, but at the same time, you know, Seattle was a team that, you know, Garth came out in the press and said, we're throwing 100% everything at Champions League, and I don't think that they could have sat on my roster spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they were able to fill that spot with somebody that was able to contribute right away. So I understand, I get it, um, but that doesn't take away that, um, you know, I wasn't angry. Right. For sure. Sure, yeah, I'm after nine years. It's, it's, it's understandable. I think all sides, it's understandable. You've had an interesting career, and it's, it's so sad what's happened out in Columbus because that's an iconic MLS franchise, and then to allow what's going on out there is, is crazy. But you, you played there, had some, had some early success there, then you played for another iconic franchise in Seattle, and now, Lo and behold, here you are again. I mean, you've you've really kind of hit at the the cream level of the of the teams and the cities and the franchises in this league, haven't you? Yeah, when I was in Columbus, obviously we won a championship, and you know Ziggy came in there two years prior to me being there and kind of said, "This is how we're going to do things." And I think that the ownership was taken aback a bit. Um, you know, he wanted to change things. He kind of flipped around the staff there, and and built it to what you know ultimately led to us winning. Uh, and then I get to come to, to Seattle where he does the same thing, uh, you know, with the help of Henderson and, and Adrian, um, kind of exhausting all um, resources. Uh, and that led to a, another successful run at, a, at an amazing club. But coming here now, the, the what the club's doing here is, is unbelievable. The soccer-specific stadium is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. And our training facility is is world class. I mean, world class. Um, it blows football facilities. You know, in, in my opinion, it's nicer than than the Seahawks facility. We have more modalities. You know, things to do inside of our facility than they do. Mm. And you know, Seattle is now that training facility. It, it looks a little bit old. So you know, it, it puts other clubs in a position where you know they've kind of got to catch up now. And in terms of facilities, this is this is uh, number one. But like you said, Columbus is a is a disaster right now. I know the guys are are fighting, you know, um, on the field and doing the best that they can and hoping that that team survives. But um, it's a toss-up. It's really unfortunate because it takes away a lot from what that city's done for MLS. Yeah, and they've done a lot. And it, uh, we know what it feels like here. With you, We're talking about the Sonics played their last game 10 years ago today. Last game We know what it's like to, to do everything yeah. right as a fan and then watch, you know, watch a thing get ripped away. So I, I hope yeah. they're able to get it figured out out there. Yeah. Hey, the, it's um it's a hard one. The um uh, I wanted to ask you about the the Clint Dempsey situation and maybe just coming at it from a player perspective from a from a Kansas City guy you're like good you know I want the Sounders to not have all their weapons and that's going to be better for your guys but from a more uh, a kind of a twenty thousand foot perspective I I, I was surprised that kind of it felt like out of the blue okay here's the, here it is it's a it's another game suspension I don't know that the act warrants another game suspension. I don't like that the MLS disciplinary committee is anonymous. I think that that makes me think it's corrupt. If you know, what the hell, put the cards <laughs> on the table. <laughs> Let us know what's going on with all these things. Yeah. But what, what remove for a minute that you're playing Seattle this weekend? This benefits you guys, so it's a plus for Kansas City, yeah. and you guys don't really have to care. How, look at it from above and, and give me an analysis of how this plays out in your mind. Um, well, you know, in years past, I've known the guys that are on the disciplinary committee, and they've been close friends of mine. Um, you know, one of them was Will Hesmer a couple of years ago, Jason Gary. So, 
these aren't guys that are out there targeting players. You know, what, what has to happen in these meetings is that it has to come to a unanimous decision. But also what comes into it is, is prior um, issues. And I think that that's the bottom line here is that there's been multiple times that a player has consistently done something to, you know, maybe it's, you know, the ref thought that it was warranted from all the views that he saw on the field. It looks like he's striking a player. And, you know, obviously if I'm playing against it and I get, if I get struck, I'm, I'm pissed. Right. But at the, the other side of it is, you know, I, I remember playing in Vancouver and I make a head gesture and my hair flips. I don't make any contact at all with the player and I get sent off for a red card as well. Mm-hmm. So I see both sides of it, but I, I, I'm not sure if we have all the information here in this instance. So, you know, reserving what judgment I can, um, this is a tough one. Yeah. And I know that Seattle fans want to know, obviously we'd like to know for any player, you want to know the next day what's going to happen. And understanding that this was, you know, two weeks ago, um, three weeks ago, it makes it hard to uh, to understand why that took so long. But that makes me think that there's something behind the scenes that we're missing here. Um, and I don't know what that is, but if they would just come out and tell us why it took so long, then it'd be much easier, right? Yeah, be transparent. And that's, that's, and... that's the missing thing. It's a transparency issue. So um, that's, that's a tough one. But MLS has always had a problem with transparency. That is the biggest um, bugaboo for MLS. And that's what irks fans it's what irks players to not come here is because they don't fully understand what's going on and when they do ask questions they don't get a direct answer yeah i would say too from a league perspective and some people might disagree with this but i I was laughing yesterday i said hey the jordan rules were a real thing if i'm mls i look at this and i go look this is one of our marquee players and it's an espn game and the video is certainly not you know, I, I and maybe that shouldn't come into it, but I I believe if it's if it's Joe Blow soccer player, okay, whatever. But if it's one of your stars, I think you've really got to dig down deep before you make the decision to boot him out of a nationally televised game. If there's any gray area at all, maybe some people wouldn't look at it that way. If I'm MLS at the level I'm at right now and trying to grow, I would definitely look at it that way. I might not say that. Now we're back to transparency. I'd be a good commissioner. I'd be lying left and right. But should should a player's status come into this, or or would that undermine the system even more? Um, you know, it, again, a player's status of his stature, then it makes me think that we're not being told everything. Right. Um, so from that standpoint, um, you, you do as a, as a commissioner, and I obviously want all my all my top players on the field. I, I pay these contracts, right? So the last thing I want to do is is take away from fans that are going to now not watch the game because they're either, you know, upset that Clint's not playing, and it's mostly out of market, out of Seattle market teams that really just like Clint, um, that are going to are going to tune in to see you know what he does on the field and what he does next. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Both those things make me think that there's something else. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see how it goes. Sunday will be fun. It, it'd be more fun if you were healthy and, and ready to go. And I'll continue to, to think good thoughts on that because I'd love to see you get to keep playing. And your career up here, I, I don't need to puff it up at all. You were you were terrific. And you, you, you I said the other day, and people may not understand it, you played all 13 positions. They invented two new positions for you to play on the pitch <laughs> during your time here. And you, you, you did it for the most part. You just accepted it. And, and, and you you you, uh, you did a lot in the community. And I know fans are, are were, were really hot on you and you, you departed in a classy way and I, I wish you all the best Brad you're always going to be one of the favorites up here and, and I hope your your back feels better and you're able to play again soon yeah I appreciate it guys I wish I was out there this weekend to, to beat that 
beat that old team, you know? <laughs> hey, give, give all the dogs at the Evans house an extra treat for me, and I hope, uh, I hope our paths cross again soon. Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks, Appreciate Brad. It. Brad Evans, who uh, had a, a remarkable career here in Seattle and did an awful lot for the Sounders and is a very interesting and thoughtful guy to talk to because he'll give you a good answer to a good question. Uh, it, it's interesting to talk to a guy at that point in his career who could have said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a career. I played on the U.S. national team. I had some great success there. I was on a championship team in Seattle. I was on a championship team in Columbus. And instead says, I am willing to go back and play with the reserve team to get this thing healthy because I still think I can give at the highest level, and I hope he's right. I hope it works out for him. Uh, terrific guy, and nice talking to him. Ian Furness, a guy who is usually terrific, sometimes if he's in the mood, will uh, join us as we continue. It's Puck and Gas on Sports Radio.